I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land and acknowledge leaders and elders past, present and future. Thank you. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. I'm your host, Gail Wilson, and together we will go through a series of storytelling, conversations and strategies about leaning into life's lessons, the good, the bad and the downright painful, as we journey back to ourselves and back to our intuition. Through the lens of witness and reflection, we will work our way through a series of raw, stripped-back, relatable topics and personal experiences. There will be laughter, tears and the occasional swear word because, hey, life is too short to hold back. So come along with me on this journey and let's talk life. You can follow and subscribe to Soul Care Bendigo's Naked to get notifications for upcoming episodes as they land in your space. So lend me your ears and your heart as we go through this journey together. Hello, hello, Solis, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. It's me, your host, Gail. And today I really wanted to chat with you about a topic that I've been having lots of conversations around with my kids in our home. So we know, like a yawn, a smile is contagious. And when we smile, and when we share our smiles, it releases all the happy hormones that help to give us a boost and a lift, like dopamine, endorphins, and the oxycodone. And how I feel like this simple gesture could be depriving us and our children of the ability to regularly boost themselves back up through the power of connection, through the power of being seen, and through the power of friendship. Now, why have I brought this up today? Well, for the last few years, and it's not even COVID, it's pre-COVID, I've been noticing that my children can be in school with someone in one year and have that really intense primary school friendship, have them for a sleepover even in our home. But the next year, they're not in their class. They don't really play together. They've all found new friends and they can actually walk past one another and not even say hello. And then there's me going, wait, there goes so-and-so. Aren't you going to say g'day? And the child would respond, no. And it wasn't just my child. It seemed to be a mutual understanding between the children. Now, my kids know that I say hello to everybody, strangers, friends, people I haven't seen for a long time, because I like to. It makes me feel good. Recently, I put a challenge out on my social media that was, what would happen if you smiled and said g'day to everyone you came across today? The feedback for that was incredible. People inboxing me saying things like, I tried it today. I felt a bit nervous. I was worried about rejection or I was worried that I wouldn't be seen or I might stumble over my words. But then the person said hello back to me and smiled. And sometimes it was a bit of a gruff one. But other times it was a dead stare in the face acknowledgement. Now, I'm not saying that what I'm talking about is chasing validation. But what I'm thinking of is, for me, if we don't acknowledge other people in life, if we don't collectively recognize that we see each other, as in, I could be walking around the lake and I say hello, but it's my heart sees your heart. I'm not asking you to be my best mate. I'm not inviting her for dinner. I'm, you know, this whole concept of I've already got too many friends. I understand that, but that doesn't mean that you 
just brush someone off. I couldn't imagine having someone over at my house for a sleepover or for dinner and then walking past them and just absolutely not acknowledging them. Now, I'm not saying the kids are being malicious. It seems to be a general understanding. Is it that their brains are so busy? Is it that they're so riddled with the fear of rejection or particularly if the person that they would like to acknowledge is in a big group environment and they don't want to upset the pack? But what a shame that this is such a well-oiled understanding. So what I think the kids are missing out on is this connection. And there's this absolutely unbelievable volume of children who feel lonely. Now more than ever, we have the most school resistors that we've ever had. So a school resistor is someone who refuses to go to school. It can be on the ideology that they have no friends or the one or two friends who they feel safest with is not going that day. But my thing is, if we had have kept those friendships that they already had established, if we had have encouraged them to keep those connections going, to keep validating that person as you walk by, expanding their network of people they can call on or they can turn up for, and they can include, then this loneliness would help to be dissipated. It scares me to think that the children find their friendship so disposable. And what a loss. What an absolute loss. Even the same as someone having a preconception about someone else and them choosing not to entertain the thought of being a friend with them, not reaching out. As you've heard me talk about in other episodes, I am very well known for starting random conversations with people or we might be in conversations and my kids are like, why do you do that? Why do you say hello to everyone? And I say to them, but why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I not say hello? Why would I not strike up a conversation? And don't get me wrong, I can totally understand if someone is not up for a chat. I think that's something that my dad passed on to me too, is the ability to know how to start a conversation without any self-esteem or worries about self-confidence worries. Maybe it's the fact that we were born with a slight cheekiness that means that we're relatable to a lot of people. A lot of people say to me, do you know everyone in this mystified way? And I go, well, I do know a lot of people, but that's because I acknowledge a lot of people. If I can leave this life knowing that I made everyone that I came into contact with feel good, and that might show that, again, it represents in my desire to be of service to people, I'm happy with that. I don't actually think there's anything wrong with people pleasing as long as you are able to maintain your stamina, as long as you don't put yourself or your health on the line or your moral code, there's nothing wrong with being a part of a combination of people where you actually want to make other people feel good. The only time that's not great, when it creates burnout, or maybe you're not living up to who you really are inside, or maybe the people you're trying to please are so damn poisonous that your confusion between what serves you and what doesn't has been so diluted through lack of self-worth or trying to fit in or trying to be a part of a clique. Recently, I was discussing with a full-grown woman about what happens in the workplace when we're older. We've come through schooling in this desire to be in with the in-group, this mystical land of the popular kids, and how that happens and transfers into our workplace. And this lady and I were talking about when you're new to a workplace, you know, you can suss out different personalities. And there's that inner circle who like to roll their eyes behind the bosses, who have the little bit of a chat, a little bit of a gossip, and they kind of come across a bit cheeky and a bit naughty. 
and there's a desire to want to be in that group because you want to belong. But then I always say, have a look at the group around them who are kind of keeping a healthy distance, who are observing, but they're not making the nasty remarks. They're not trying to get you into their group. They're not trying to set you up to say negative things. They're probably more your people. They're not asking you to drop your moral code. They're not asking you to be disrespectful to get into their group. And we know this, but there's still this yearning to be a part of something that seems so close-knit. So is that what we're always chasing in kids in their friendships? That they'll dispose of one group to join the next clique that forms in the following year level, leaving behind perfectly good, wonderful friendships? So I set my kids a challenge. Let your guard down and just say good day to those old friends. You don't have to stop, but it has to be verbal. It can be a nod for sure, especially if I understand the pressure of maybe intervening in a big group. A nod or a wink or a wave. Keep it alive. It's worth it. It's also that matter of saying g'day when you walk past them. Don't be shy. Don't doubt how that person feels about you. Don't doubt that you're not worthy of a chat. Maybe that person really needed someone to help them lift their chin that day. Why are so many children walking around looking at the ground, double-guessing themselves, hesitating? Where is this coming from? How do we help children feel safer to keep a friendship alive? What conversations do we need to have within our house to let our kids know that when you talk to someone and they respond, it's really good for them and it's really good for the whole community because Once these friendships form early, knowing that you can call on someone, knowing that if you have an accident on your bike, that you're not invisible, you can be seen, because that's where it starts, doesn't it? When you ignore someone when you walk past them, what else will you ignore about them when they're older? Will you ignore when they're falling on their bike and they keep riding? Because that's the development of the friendship that you let it get to. When they're at a party and a girl's calling out or you know something dangerous is going on or a boy's about to get beaten up, do you speak up then? So the importance of teaching our children to speak up in the first simplest way by simply saying hello to someone they know. It doesn't matter if the friendship's in a different class. It doesn't matter if they've moved schools. If you know them, you say hello. If you've had them in your home, you say hello. It's a basic, basic human connection. And I don't want to go so much into the height of rudeness. I think that whole philosophy of rudeness and manners comes back by really respecting another human. As I said, I couldn't imagine that if I'd had someone at my dining table or someone come over for drinks and then I actually just walk straight past them. I couldn't imagine doing that to someone, that rejection. I wouldn't want to. So is it that the kids have been rejected? And so it's that survival mode in, I don't want to feel that way again, or I don't want to feel that shame, so I'm just not going to acknowledge anyone. I am all for our kids playing in teams with totally different school kids from totally different schools. I think the more and the earlier we can expand their friendship groups to not just be the children in their class in that year level at that time, brilliant, fantastic. I know it feels challenging for them at the start, that they're a bit of duck out of water and the odd one out. But that is the character building strength that creates the resilience for them down the track. Sometimes when we keep everything so tight, neat and so close together, it actually is a little detrimental down the track 
when they have to do it when it's older and people maybe aren't as fun-loving. So who starts it? Does it always have to come down to the bubbly one starts it? It's been me. I've been the starter my whole life. And that's where you've got to be careful of burnout for the starters because they're trying to keep this connection alive. Then equally, educating our children on if you do acknowledge someone and you get burnt down, realizing that's actually less about you, it's actually more about them. And so then teaching our kids that if someone's cruel or rude or mocks you or acknowledges you or flat out ignores you, inside you can just go, that little mantra, it's not about me, it's about them. It's not about me, it's about them. I'm okay, I'm a good person, today's just not their day. Now, if this person does this over and over and over again, you just get the hint that, okay, they don't want a connection with me, and that's okay. That is not going to affect my life moving forward. That's one single person in a universe of 22 billion. And also educating our kids that school is such a small part of our life. We've got to find that balance of not brushing off their emotions, not downplaying them or making them seem lesser than yours or lesser than some other circumstance that pops up in life. So it's about holding space for them to talk about it, asking the right questions to get the engagement, and then going from there. It's the guidance, isn't it? The guidance on all the things in life from the self-esteem, the self-confidence, how to manage different personalities that come up for us recognizing that some people have good days and some people have bad days and we give people the space on the bad days. The other thing I find too is you have to model what you want your children to do. So for me I want my children to have a broad range of friends and connections. I want them to be open-minded to all of the different journeys that people go on without judgment, that no two of us are the same Our lives aren't meant to be the same. That would be so boring. That when someone needs help, they'd be there to help. And it comes down to us too, as parents, modelling this behaviour. Modelling, acknowledging other humans. Especially ones where we ask nothing in return. Them seeing humans interacting with other humans. Then they can learn this behaviour. You can see that, you know, a really shy family tends to breed really shy children and a really extroverted family tends to breed really extroverted children. And that is just what we model. So what would it look like if none of us talked anymore? Is our children's behavior that's coming up now a hangover from COVID or made worse through COVID and that isolation? That the face-to-face stuff is actually really challenging for them now, more so than ever? It doesn't mean that we can't link back up those connections again. It doesn't mean that we can't see one another again. It'll take time to rebuild those bonds. But as parents, it's our responsibility to show them the way and then show them the benefit of it. And so I make sure that, you know, if I chat to someone in the line at the butchers or if I chat to someone, you know, say good as I walk around the lake, then I talk about how it feels after that connection to teach them. You know, like, can you believe the story that fellow told us at the butchers that we got chatting to? Hmm. We would never have learnt those things or about that new cafe or about that new store if we hadn't had a chat with that man and about the gratitude for another human. When we look at stories like I Am Legend, the zombie film with Will Smith, 
the lone survivor in a city. Yes, formed by zombies, but how far is it removed from everyone staring at their devices, podcasts in their ears when they walk around the lake? No judgment, it's just even those who are trying to reach out to you, trying to say g'day, they couldn't do it anyway because you can't hear them. Both of your ears are filled with other content, even mine maybe. I've actually started sending less and less text messaging and started sending more and more voice messages. Some people didn't even know they could do it and now they're sending me voice messages back. But if we know that audiobooks are so successful, podcasts are so successful, it's because deep down we love a story. Deep down we love hearing a voice. The same with music. So how do we teach our children to show their voice and let it out Say good day and keep connections going to help stop this level of loneliness. If we don't keep that connection alive and those simple little hellos, hi, how you going? We don't teach our children to do that. They're not getting those regular boosts of those happy hormones we spoke about at the start of the episode. They're not getting those those hits. They're not getting the dopamine. They're not getting the endorphins. They're not getting the oxycodone. They're not getting they're not getting those good vibes. The scary part is when they start trying to get those hits later on in life through synthetic measures. So if we could teach them to do it naturally through connection, through hello, through eye contact, through a hug, a long hug, we can start teaching them how they can regulate their own happy hormones by maintaining connections. And that can be acknowledging a human and having them acknowledge you back. Smiling at someone when you walk around the lake. It's so fascinating that when you smile at someone, honestly, 85% of the time they'll smile back. They don't even make the conscious decision to do it. It's just their brain is like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for seeing me. Or their heart, thank you, thank you, thank you for seeing me. They may not audibly be able to say it like that. And who has the time to do that when you're walking past at a brisk walk? But it's the heart sees the heart. And that's what I feel like the kids are missing out on by denying themselves these connections for fear of judgment, for fear of rejection. So we teach our kids, you're wonderful, just the way you are. If you have these feelings of loneliness, let's have a look at how your behavior might be contributing to it. Have you tried saying good day to someone when you walk past? Have you tried having a chat with a teacher that you really like and starting a conversation? Here's some tips on a conversation starters. Look at the major events that are going on, a grand final, a band, a movie, a TV series. If you struggle with conversation, then just come up with the general topics. There's a great little game that you can buy if you don't already have it called The Art of Conversation. There's a kid's version too, which is a great one to buy for your children, especially if you've got introverted or anxious children that don't really feel like they're good at small talk. And a lot of people say they hate small talk, but it's a real fundamental, necessary part of connection. So I would really encourage you to get that little game. It's just a card game, and each of it's got like five open-ended questions. So an open-ended question, for those who don't know, is a question that does not or cannot have a yes or no answer. So the other conversation is a great one. The other one that we find is a really good conversation starter in our house and I always buy it for the kids' parties because it's a great little way to create healthy conversation, is the confectionery company. Oh, it's probably called the confectionery company. It's the one that's more the fruit-flavoured, and they have the fruit juice. And the fruit juice, like minties, 
have the little questions and fun facts on the back of them. When you open the lolly, it's got all the great fun stuff on there. So I really encourage you to start these little things that when your kid next has a birthday party or a sleepover, you know, think about inviting some people outside of the group. Think about expanding their network and their sports that they play. You know, it's perfectly reasonable to take one or two from their school and start a team, but expand it, make it bigger, make it wider, make it broader. Have these little conversation starters like this game and start to teach your child how to have conversations from as early as you can before, you know, self-doubt and everything kicks in. Teach them how to say g'day, how to smile with their mouth and smile with their eyes. Such simple little things. And I hope that this just starts a conversation in your household. Even if it's just, do you acknowledge other people or do you feel a bit scared about that? Okay, you're a bit scared. Where do you think that comes from? Did someone once once make you feel a little bit embarrassed because they didn't say hello back? And just start unpacking that. And see, kids are so insightful and once they feel safe to speak, they just keep talking and talking and talking, particularly if they're siblings. They'll all start sharing and you'll notice there's a theme of all their feelings. Often not one sibling, they'll all be having similar experiences. So let's turn it around. Let's challenge the adults and the kids in the life that everyone you come across this week, you smile and you say g'day. How you going? How's life? Let's just start with this week. As always, Solis, it is so wonderful having your ears and your hearts as you listen to this podcast. It'd be great if you would tell your friends or family about it, share it to your stories, tell anyone you meet. I really, really appreciate you. And I hope that you have a fantastic day wherever you are. See you later. Until next time. And that's all for today, folks. As always, thank you for lending me your ears and your hearts. I feel so grateful and blessed to be able to share these stories with you and bring us together as a community. This is Gail Wilson, and this is Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so that you get notifications on the next episode as it lands. Take care and just be kind to yourself.